How's it going? This side's a little more excited than this side. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not John. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. He's doing great things for the Lord today, and we're asking for those same kinds of things here. I'm really glad to be here. I guess he's probably dragging the bottom of the barrel to find me and get me up here, but I'm grateful every, every time uh, that we get to do this together. So without any further ado, I'm just gonna ask you to jump up and stand with me in the honoring of scripture today and uh, do our little church calisthenics here, up to read, down to, down to sit, up to sing, all that kind of stuff. Now we get to read God's word. And so as you open your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 25. We are in the middle of a series on generosity. And the more I studied about generosity, the more I realized I'm not very generous. And that's a sad statement because I believe that those of us who are believers should be some of the most generous people on the planet. And I believe many of you in this room are because I've been able to do ministry with you, with your students for a lot of years now. And so I'm hoping that today for those of us maybe that are in here and you're like me and you're thinking, man, I should be more generous, that, that God answers that for you and the how to do that. And that for those of you who have been generous through all these years, that you would find it in your heart to continue to be that. Somewhere in the middle of all of that, I'm sure all of us can get something. Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14, the parable of the talents. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master." Verse 22, also the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 24, and the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and, you, and I gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank and on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more shall be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. God, as we open up your word this morning, God, as we talk about generosity, as we talk about the things, the time, the, the money, the resources, and today as we talk about the truth, God, you have given us so much. 
God, would you help us to put it into practice? Would you help us to use it for your glory, for your sake, not for our own, but for yours, for your church? God, for these these kiddos that just sang on this stage, God, help us to, to be busy about caring for the next generation. God, help us to get out of our own seats, to be able to go and to serve those who have yet to be served. Our community, those people who have yet to find that it is needed in their lives to be in a place of worship like this on Sunday mornings. Those people that we work in a cubicle or in an office next to. God, all of these things amount today to something vitally important to our lives. So help us to be generous with all of those things. Jesus, you were so generous with your life. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. God, Jesus, thank you for allowing us now to be able to live with you inside of our lives, being the hope and the light to this dark and crazy world. Jesus, we pray all of this in your name grateful for you in our lives. And everybody said, amen. You may have a seat. As John has painted this picture in the last two uh, weeks about this parable, what you need to realize today is that the man on the journey, the boss in the picture, is a beautiful picture of who Christ is. The slaves that are mentioned, those are us, those who are professed believers who have been given so much in regards to our time, in regards to our talents, in regards to the truth of God's word. And then this journey represents where Jesus is now in this time away from earth. And the point of the matter is, is what you do with what you've been given matters now and for all of eternity. So moments like this are always some of those great times and other great times to really get a good heart check or a gut check is when you're sitting inside of a funeral and nobody ever wants to think about funerals. Nobody ever wants to think of a loved one passing away, but here it is. The death toll is still 100%. Merry Christmas. We're all coming to that place. Some of us faster than others talking about time, for whatever reason this past week, I blew right past in my thinking, uh, I turned 47 this month. I know, some of you are going, well, you don't look it, thanks. <laughs> then there's others of you going, wow. In, in the early service across the way this morning at 8.30, uh, I walked in, and, and of course, they hardly ever see me in that service, but one of the gentlemen over there looked at me and goes, wow, you've gained some weight since last time you've been in here. Thanks a lot, but you're true and right. Uh, I guess if, if I'm gonna talk about truth this morning, I just needed a good healthy dose of it. But I blew past in my thinking this past week, talking about time, talking about possessions, talking about the truth. I blew right past 50, I turned 47, blew right past 50, and for some reason in my mind, it hit me that in 13 years, I'll be 60. I don't know why I blew past 50. I don't know why I blew past 48, I don't know. But in my mind, somehow I went to 60, but it was just a beautiful picture or a horrible picture of how fast time flies. And as I watched my daughter uh, get out of the car last night to go to her homecoming dance as a sophomore, it was just yesterday that she was in our care here uh, with our preschool leaders. It was just yesterday uh, that she was in the children's area, Kidopolis. It was just yesterday. But folks, here it is. She's a sophomore about to be driving a car. It goes like this. So what you do matters. It matters for all of eternity. It's a question of your and my faithfulness. It really is. It boils down to what am I going to do with what I've been given? 
And so if you look in verse 14, these three people that were chosen, these three workers, they were all entrusted with their master's possessions. Every one of you in this room, if you're a believer, you've got a pulse. You have been entrusted that the God of the universe entrusts you with the power to be able to use your time, your money, your resources, and his truth for his glory, for his kingdom. So today, not at a funeral, we're at a worship service. What are you doing with those three things? Time, your money, and the truth. Because it matters for all of eternity. Man, we don't really like to think about our treasure at times because it's our treasure. Like We worked hard for it. But at the end of the day, if you would get that mindset off of the, off of the table and just realize it's all God's. It's all God's, and at any point in time, boom, it could be gone. It could be gone. My dad, he was an amazing man. Like every Christmas, especially after my mom passed away, every Christmas, like he just gave, and he gave, and he gave, and he gave. Like his possessions, he could care less about them. He wanted to give away so much, so much that he got into a lot of debt there towards the end of his life. But, but in that moment, like he, was, he wanted to give stuff away so very much. And I should be more like that. I watched that as a pattern my whole life. Some of you haven't seen a pattern of someone who would give stuff away so freely. You have a pattern in scripture. His name was Jesus. He gave up everything that he had, his own life, so that you and I could sit here today in freedom and worship him. So I know this, that many of you in this room, you do give of your time and your possessions. Uh, you give your treasure, your money. Here's why I know, because over a thousand students heard the truth at flight week this year. You gave so very much, about 117 students who don't go to church anywhere else heard the truth all week long as we talked about the more that only comes through following Jesus Christ. Over 650 kids heard the truth at Kids Craze because of so many of you volunteering your time and your money and those things, those resources to be able to see the next generation grow. Over 700 kids in this area are hearing the truth of scripture through kids beach clubs that we just prayed for in this room. So you're doing great with the money that you have. Here's the other thing. As far as time, John told us that we have 168 hours every week, 168 hours and 58 of those hours are sleeping. And some of you are like, man, somebody's getting some really good sleep. And others of you are like, man, I, I need to work on that. I'm sleeping way too much. Somewhere in the middle of all of that, you've got to figure out how much time am I going to give to rest? Because Life happens fast and you need your rest. But then more, uh, more of us maybe than not spend 50 hours a week working and others of you are like, I work way more than that. Stop. Like work when you're supposed to work. Be home when you're supposed to be home. Be dad, be husband, be, be wife, be mom. When you're home, try your best. My wife may stand up here and say something completely different, but I try not to bring anything from work home. I've got about a 30, 25, 30 minute drive between here and home because when I'm home, I want to be all there because the time matters. The time matters. Truth is the only thing that's gonna change this world. This right here, scripture, God's word being able to change hearts and minds through scripture. Truth is the only thing. And so, man, I loved hearing those kiddos. I came out when they were warming up and it was just like, oh. Y'all sounded awesome. So out there, I, I dared them. I said, I double dog dare y'all to sing just as loud for all of those people 
as you did in warm-up. Because I want you to be able to see the payoff of what this church is doing. It matters for all of eternity. So what are you doing in the seven hours that are left? What you're doing there matters. It matters greatly. And then John talked about time and what that looked like in Luke 10 and 11. Talked about truth. Man, we need to spend time in God's word. The truth. That's where we're going today, hitting a little bit more of that intercession. When's the last time you stopped praying for you and began to look at others and begin to pray for them? Man, when we begin to pray for others, it puts in perspective what other people are going through, and it puts in perspective, maybe my life isn't so bad when we look at it in view of others. Ministry, so many of you are serving in ministry. Uh, evangelism, time sharing Christ with other people. The cool thing is, is that God can use all of those hours of your time inside of evangelism, inside of ministry, because there are people that you work with that need you, like they need the Jesus that's in you in the cubicle beside you. You may see them hurting, you may see, they need ministry to happen at the workplace. And some of you are like, man, I separate God and work. I guarantee you will be way more effective and way more well-received and loved if you'll start doing that and being Jesus where you work, I promise. So now let's look at a little bit more in regards to truth. 168 hours per week, here's what I was doing when looking at truth. 168 results for the word truth when I went into Bible Gateway to try to figure out where we're gonna go today. So that means an hour, every hour throughout this week, you could go and do a word study on truth and figure out a little bit more about how much God loves truth. You could literally spend every hour of every week understanding more about this amazing thing called truth. Here's what Jesus said about it in John chapter eight. Verse 30 through 32 said, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, they're following him, so he's saying this. Here are these words. If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free. You said that really good. Set you free. I liked it. That's good, that's good. But how often do we really believe that? Like if we really believed scripture, if we really believed how much God loves us, if we really believed all of those things, then the mess that we make of our lives, if we would just jump into scripture and realize what truth says about it, then maybe I would stop gossiping more. Then maybe my boss isn't quite as big a jerk as I've made him out to be. That if we truly cared about what scripture says, if truth is truth, wherever we go, workplace, home place, church place, if truth is truth, if scripture is right, then he has the power to set us free from all of the wrong thinking things that we've allowed to creep into our world, into our minds, into our hearts. Here's the deal. First point today, if you're writing down, taking notes, whatever about what truth is. If we look at it in regards to who God is, his word, Jesus, number one, be generous with truth because it's timeless. It's timeless. This truth that we're talking about, it started long before you and I showed up on the planet. He's been building on his truth since the creation of time. It is timeless. It's not affected by the passage of time or changes in fashion. Here's the deal. God's truth is not based on public opinion or political correctness. It has not a passing fad. It is for all times. It is 100% accurate, 100% true, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at, no matter what political party you hold on to, God's word is timeless truth. 
And if we would worry about it more than our political agendas and stuff, man, I guarantee our country would be a, a lot further along than where we are right now. We have lost the fact that God's word is timeless truth, timeless. Thousands of years ago, God instructed the nation of Israel to teach their children his ways. Man, in Deuteronomy 4, 6, and 11, it says this, make them known to your children and to your children's children. So for those of you who are in here and you have cared deeply to show your children and now your grandchildren who Jesus is, Keep it up. You are doing what God has asked you to do in regards to his word. Before the mountains were born, the psalmist said, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. God, his word, and now look at Jesus in Hebrews, the writer in Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever your circumstances and situations, man, get your eyes off of the circumstance. Put your eyes on who Jesus is. Get your head in the word and not the newspaper, and you might see that there's a plan past the bitterness that you're in right now. It may just happen that way. So what's still timeless for you? For those of you here, like, what's timeless? Some of you, it's that comb over. You just keep doing it. Just, just snip them. Shave it a little bit. New day, I promise. Some of you, it's the car. Like, it's timeless. Like, ooh, look at my ride. This is awesome. Some of you, it is your spouse. Like, you, you go back all the time in your mind to that day you got married. You're like, <sighs> What's timeless for you? Like, your relationship with the Lord should be so nostalgic. It should be something that is so incredible, but that it passes through the nostalgia and it brings you into who you are today. And it gets you through to where God wants you to be tomorrow. It can't just be something that was in the past, although it's timeless. Look, number two, be generous with truth because it's revealing. If you don't know what God says about something, if you don't, don't really know what the truth should be about your life, then don't read scripture. For me, Heather Snell's one of those people. She's my ministry assistant here at the church. She's amazing. But if you don't want truth, don't ask her opinion. Because I promise you, Heather Snell, I don't, know if she's, I don't know if she's in here today, she will tell you exactly what you may not want to hear. And I love it because she said, other people are here to bring you up. I'm here to keep you right here. And we all need people like that. But that's what scripture is too. Scripture is here to keep us to keep us in reality. It's here to keep us raring to go for what's next coming our way. 117 times in scripture, the word reveal is used. Here's what it says, or here's what it does. God reveals himself in scripture, which is his heart for us. God reveals his word to us, which is his truth for us. God reveals his will for us, which is his purpose in our lives. And then God reveals our sin. Oh, I don't come to church. I don't want to hear about my sin. Tough. Like we all have it. And this is the greatest place for us as a body to be able to deal with those things and to hear other people that have struggled and gone through those things. And so, man, he redeems us in that. That's the greatest thing about God and his purpose. He doesn't keep us in it. You don't have to keep wallowing in the mess that you made. Like we get to grow from it. We get to use it as part of our testimony. And then other people begin to live. And then the last one is that God reveals our priorities. So like, man, you're stepping on toes today. Uh, priorities, I gotta be honest. Sundays, church, worship, Bible study, 
Those should be priorities. And more times than not, when I see people walking away, I've said this before, when I see people walking away uh, from God, more times than not, they started out by walking away from the people of God. And we as a church, at times, we're horrible for just going, well, just let them go. They'll come back. But they don't. Don't let those people walk away from here because in doing that, it may just be that they're also checking out on the very things of God. Look at back to the parable, talking about revealing. Verse 19, he came and settled accounts with them. Anybody, anybody's mom ever uh, tell you, you just wait till your dad comes home? My mom would say that after she did whatever she needed to do first. I had a, a, she had a paddle and she made me paint on it. I, I don't know why. Texas Tailblazer. She wanted an Alamo and the Texas flag on it. So I painted it on it. I didn't know that I was going to get used. It was going to be used so often on me. But my mom was always one of those people that when, when truth was revealed and it was not good for us, she did not care if my dad was home or not. The truth was revealed. She would always settle the account. And then she would let my dad do it when he got home. So we got a double blessing. One for each side, if you know what I mean. In this story, he came and settled accounts with them. Here's the deal. God's always going to hold us accountable. And he's going to use people to do that. He's going to do it himself. But settled means to take everything into account. He's taken everything into account, what you do with your time, your money, all of those things. He's taken all of that stuff into account. And he's looking at it, bringing in the whole picture so that one day when it's all evaluated, when it's all revealed, man, when the dust settles, what we've done for the Lord, it will be laid bare. And we'll be able to see that, so will he. But look in 20 and verse 21 of Matthew 25 there. Five talents. One guy was given five talents. What did he do? He got five more. What did he hear? Well done. Another one. Two talents. Here's two more. Well done. Paul knew about the well done statements. Paul knew that it was vitally important. Here's what he says in Colossians 1. Of this church, I was made a minister. And some of you are like, Kent, that's your job. Andy, that's your job. It's all of our jobs. Man, you're called today. If that's the first time you've ever heard it, you are a minister of the gospel. In the time that you have, go. But Paul knew it. He said, I was a minister uh, according to the stewardship God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That's on you too. That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but now has been manifested, revealed to the saints. That's all of us. You didn't know you got that title? Merry Christmas. You're a saint. Live like it. You're a saint, serve like it. You're a saint, love like it. Be the church that Paul's talking about here so that uh, when those more is given to you by God that, that you're able to say, hey, thank you, and you would hear from him, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Paul knew that he was responsible for the truth. Here's the deal, middle school and high school, I didn't realize fully that it was really on my job. So I... I did. I, I put on Facebook, I said, hey, uh, any old friends want to come and be here for worship today? Uh, family members put it on there or whatever. Um, some of my family are probably in this room. Like, I was horrible junior high and high school. I cared about nobody really but myself. Pretty much a jerk. And so when I put it out there and invited my friends to come, anybody that wanted to, <laughs> I got one friend. He came early service that I know for sure. Um, but when I saw that Doug was coming, like, I immediately got this pit in my stomach. And when he showed up, man, it was a cool reunion. But here's, here's what happened at 6 a.m. when I actually saw that he was coming. I got this pit in my stomach because why would I want 
Why would I want Doug to hear something today that I wasn't willing to share back then? And God's changed my life in that process or whatever, but I just, it went back. Like I went back to those days of playing tennis and some of you are like, you play tennis? Yeah, I play tennis. Get over it. Doug continues to play tennis. He's a tennis coach. He's awesome. Brought his family. But here's the deal. In that whole process, in that whole process, starting at six o'clock this morning, I was just like, God, why, why wasn't I ready to share that? Why wasn't I able to invite him to church? Why didn't I care back then? And I don't know that God's given me that answer now, but what I was able to say to Doug in the moment that he was in the room, he sat right over here in the, in the uh, earlier service, and I just told him, I said, man, I... I just feel like I need to apologize that I didn't do something that I really know that I should have done back then. And I told him, I said, what I have done since graduation, since really college, is that I have made it a point to help as many of our teenagers get to that place where they care more about the Lord than they do about popularity, to care more about the Lord than they do about what somebody's gonna think about them, to care more about the Lord than, than anything else that's out there. And so I was able to have this conversation. It just so happens that like 500 people are in between us and watching it. But how many of us have somebody, a Doug in their life that, that you know that you should have been the church for him and you just didn't do it. That was me. And that was just one of those aha moments for me this morning. Number three, be generous with truth because it's undeniable. It's undeniable. What you do for the Lord on the side of truth is undeniable. People will see it. Um, the, the undeniability of this in here is that the one person who got the one talent didn't do anything with it. And he went and hid it so that he could give the, the master back the one talent. And what happened? Man, you see in this whole thing, man, if you don't use it, you lose it. And some of us, man, we need to pull those talents back out. And we need to begin to sharpen them. We need to remember those verses that got us to where we're at today. We need to begin to share those things with people. We need to be the encouragement that people in the office need. Because here in verse 30, losing it meant outer darkness. The master said, outer darkness. See ya. You're gone. Jesus said, uh, in, in talking about this and what the kiddos sang about Matthew 7, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and yet it did not fall. For it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So my question to you today is, is as, as awesome as all of this is, and when we live for truth and the undeniability of it, how's your faith? Where are you at in all of that? Do people see it undeniably in your life? And then my, my next point in this is be generous with the truth because it's trustworthy. How many of you believe that the Bible is trustworthy? God's truth, it is so trustworthy. He trusts us with his truth. We should trust his truth to change our lives and those around us. My faithfulness with truth brings life to more. I brought this box in um, as we were cleaning out back in the day to, to move from over here to over there, our offices and everything. Came across these talking about his faithfulness and talking about being trustworthy. And man, these are cards of students. Uh, this box just happens to be from the year 2011 until most recently. Man, it's just, there's so many of them. 
And all of this is really because of your generous, your willingness to, to let kids go to Love Riot, to let kids be a part of the city across the street, winter camps, um, baptism decisions, fighter, back in the day when we did that series, uh, back when we did that winter camp. So many of these students filling out life change books, making a commitment to the Lord, baptism. Um, so many of them now, Brooke Fitzsimmons, like they're living for the Lord today because so many of you in this room, whether you serve with students as a kiddo, working with kiddos, or you serve with them in student ministry. There are so many more of these cards that the work of this church, not me, not me, the work of so many in this room, these are people who got baptized. These are people who hopefully are still loving the Lord that haven't checked out on. Look at this, like limitless, goes all the way back. Look at all of these. These are all because of the work of the Lord. This is all because of what you get to do as a body. There's a lot more in there, but here's the deal. When you are trustworthy with the truth, when you are trustworthy with it, and you put that into action, and you come along in the body of Christ, man, you get to see so much of his trustworthiness. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is trustworthy. But my fear is that so many of us don't even know some of those basic things. Andy's about to lead us in this song. And it's one song we sang at Wednesday night. It's called Worthy of Your Name. And some of you in this room, like, you're my king. Rumors of the Son of Man, stories of a Savior. Holiness with human hands, treasure for the traitor. No ear had heard, no eye had seen the image of the Father until heaven came to live with me. Some of you in this room, like, that picture of a loving Heavenly Father doesn't resonate with you. But some of you, maybe you're sitting there, you're trying to get this whole thing together. As Andy leads us, if, you, if you're there, you're like, man, Jesus is. He's that, all of those things to me. Man, sing with us. But if, if you're still trying to figure out where does that resonate, if you're still trying to figure out, do I care about his truth? Do I care about heaven? Do I care about all of these things? And maybe you just spend this time and just pray and just ask God. God, man, what is it that I need to do in regards to who you are in my life and the truth of scripture? So wherever you're at, I'm gonna pray. Andy's gonna play. He's gonna lead us into this. If you wanna stand and sing, stand and sing it with us. It's a phenomenal song. We sang it Wednesday night. But if you are here and you're like, man, I'm struggling, just know that you're not alone. We wanna help with that. There's hope coming. God, as we sing this song, you are worthy of your name. All of these names that have been dropped on this stage today, at some point in time, they came to that place where they realized that you alone are worthy of that name. And so we just want to honor you and worship you as we sing this song. Rulers of the Son of Man Stories of a Savior Holiness with human hands, treasure for a traitor. No ear is heard, no eye is seen. The image of the Father until heaven came to live with me. Rescue like no other. You are worthy. 
you to stay standing. For those of you who are seated, you're welcome to join us in standing. I came out because I had printed the words and I didn't want to not sing those with you. My, my ransom, my savior, my refuge, my hiding place, my helper, my healer, my blessed redeemer, my answer, my saving grace. And my hope and my, my greatest desire is to be a part of a church where we don't come in and we just play around with the here. 
and put on fake faces and, 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 and act like everything's okay, but we come to a place and we realize that he is my author, he is my maker, he is my ransom, he is all of these things for the king of kings. He's claimed his throne forever. And it matters here. Church, it matters here, but here's where else it matters. And this is the H in truth. It matters in the hereafter. For all of eternity, it matters. What you're doing here lays the platform and the groundwork for what you get to do for the rest of your life. After all is said and after all is done, there is either a great payoff or the Bible also paints this picture of a literal place called hell where those who have never given their lives in fully trusting Jesus our politically correct kind of world doesn't want us to talk about sin, doesn't want us to talk about hell. Heaven sounds so good, but just as much as a reality of heaven someday for those who believe is a place called hell for those who do not. But the beautiful picture is, is that just like so many who were strung out right here across the stage, they came to a place, whether it was at camp here on a Wednesday night, a Sunday morning, where they placed all of their faith and all of their trust in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they said, I want you to be my refuge. I'm ready for you to be my savior. I'm ready for you to help me live in this crazy world. And that's where you've got to be today. If he is truth, if his word is truth, then it matters here and it matters in the hereafter. We're gonna ask our, our partners, our friends, our family members who are always so diligent to be across the front of the stage. They're here to help you, to love you, to guide you into truth, and to help you take your next steps with Jesus Christ. The cool thing is whether you're a believer for 50 years or you're brand new, you're not a believer yet, we all need to figure out what's our next step, and so that's what these people want to help you with. So if you're here today and you would say, man, I need to know him, as a refuge, that strong tower. Will you pray for me? Guess what? Every one of these friendly faces will do that. But also if you would say, man, I'm ready to make him king of kings and lord of lords. I'm ready for him to be my savior. I'm ready not just to hear about him at church. I'm ready to live for him in life. Man, these are the friendly faces that would love to help you in your next steps. I don't know where everyone is in this room, but I know where God wants you to be. And he wants you to be generous with the truth. He wants you to be generous with your giving and your love for him. He wants you to be generous with your time. He wants all of those things for you, but usually those things happen ultimately the best when we're in a relationship with him. And if you're not yet, today's the day of salvation. Let's pray, and as I pray, uh, if you're here today, uh, just move. Others are gonna be moving to go to Cheddar's or wherever, but guess what? It's probably because they've already firmed that decision up with the Lord. You need to get that right with him before you do anything at Cheddar's or Luby's or I don't know where you're going. Today is the day of salvation. Let's pray, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's ask God, God, would you please would you please speak into the hearts and minds of everyone in this room to allow them to realize that they get to live out the truths of Scripture in every scenario of their lives. Grandparent, parent, teacher, coach. Maybe more difficult in some of those settings, but 
You still give us the liberty to be able to love on people and to be that encouragement, to be Jesus with skin on, to be the Bible that most people are reading because they don't have one of their own God. So would you allow us to be your church to go outside of the walls to love other people, to be that encouragement that they need? to serve in the ministries here. God, if we are not a church that cares about the next generation, then we're not the kind of church that you've talked about since the writing of Genesis all the way through Revelation. And you care about the next generation and them knowing you. So God, help us to be a church that cares about the next generation. So maybe you're calling some to serve, whatever it is that you're calling. For sure, those who've never trusted you, God, would you allow today to be the family reunion between a loving God and a kid who maybe has been going his own way or her own way, today would you allow them to see the love of a loving and gracious Heavenly Father? We pray all of this in your son's Jesus' name who we just sang about because he is all of those things for us and we trust him. Jesus, thank you for loving us. It's in your name that we pray, amen.